Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank um, you for having George. us both. And thank you for uh, inviting us to be with you this morning. It's our great privilege to be here. And I think the timing was that um, it's always our anniversary. So we just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> She's my BFF, love of my life. I know she doesn't look a day older than 30, but, you know, that's, that's the miracle of God. Um, so we're excited to be here. And I know... You know, my eyes were tearing as we were worshiping this morning. Thank you for that praise and worship song to lift up the greatness of our God. And during the time when Afghanistan, and as you know, we served 10 years in Central Asia, uh, right above Afghanistan. And we had some connections with Afghan missionaries as well. Our hearts are breaking. But our Jesus is alive, and he has all authority. So I just want to say a short prayer for Afghanistan if you would bow um, mm. your hearts and your, uh, your heads with me. And I want to just uh, read from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. And it says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness mm. from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so, Father, this morning we proclaim this. Hallelujah. Father, what yes, prophet Lord. Isaiah said 700 years before even Christ came, that mm. he spoke of the government, mm. the rule, the righteousness, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, even into the heart of Afghanistan. Mm. And so, Father, we see horrific pictures of what's happening over there. Lord, people wanting to come out, being mm. detained, being killed, Lord, and the allied troops coming out. Mm. But Jesus, your kingdom is not of this world. Your kingdom is advancing, and that's what you said in here. Hallelujah. And so we put our yes, faith Lord. in that. And you are the head of the church. Mm -hmm. And we beseech you, Lord Jesus, would you call out the church of Iran to rise up? Amen. Would you call out the church of hallelujah. Turkmenistan to rise yes, up? Lord. The church of Uzbekistan to oh, rise up? Hallelujah. The church yes, of Lord. Tajikistan to rise up? Amen. And even Pakistan. And I know China yes, is poised to go in with mm. political motives, but we know that you have mm. believers there in China. Would you raise mm. up the, the Han Chinese believers, mm. send in laborers, Father, yes, into Lord. Afghanistan? Lord, what, some, in some ways during the 20 years, U.S. government mm. and allied troops were allowed to come in, bring missionaries in, and saw fruit amongst the Muslims in Afghanistan. Now, mm. Father, would you raise up the churches around that nation? Hallelujah. Lord, to send yes, them in, Lord. that they would finish, mm. Lord, they would accomplish what perhaps we could not during that limited time. We want to see a revival there Amen. in Afghanistan. Yes, Lord. Lord, there are 70 different people groups mm. created in your image living there. Mm. Father, Jesus. they belong to you. You love them. Lord, they have been living yes, in darkness. Lord. Call them out, Father. Yes, and Jesus. use these churches around, around them to raise them up. Arise and shine. Father, to preach the good news and to mm. see revival happening there. Yes, Father. We pray all of this in precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. 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 Uh, so first slide in our... So this morning, as we share God's word with you, uh, the Lord laid on my heart to share from Ezekiel chapter 47. Uh, next slide. And uh, by God's grace, uh, during our 10 years in the States since coming back from the field, the Lord gave me opportunity last year because of pandemic to finish my book. Um, it's a journey, missions journey, summary of our journey. It's called Fear Not. I meant to bring some copies here, but I left it at home. So you have to go to Amazon, sorry. Um, 
Fear not living a life of no regrets. And it's basically a story of our journey, our calling and our journey. Next slide. And during the pandemic, the Lord also gave us the opportunity to hold our first grandchild. So if... Praise the Lord. Amen. So if we ever refuse to come here, it's because of him. (laughs) If there's a conflict in schedule, then it's probably because of him. So, you know, we love um, holding him. Next slide. And so turning on to this morning's message, what does it mean to follow Jesus Christ here in America? Because growing up, my wife and I both grew up most of our lives in America. And somehow we get this picture because our nation is stable and it's comfortable and secure. We think that following Jesus means after a long day of work, we come back to our home, maybe next to a pond or lake, and we enjoy a peaceful time of meditation and prayer and even build our home next to a lake. Uh, Next slide. But let's say we are in this lake or in this pond, and if you leave an empty water bottle in the middle of the lake, where would it be if you go back to it a couple days later? It would not be where you left it. It would have drifted away to the edge of the lake where rest of the debris and the trash are there. And I think Christianity in America can become like that if we start listening to the voice of the world that has crept into the church. For instance, next slide, you know, some of us, the Lord has blessed us immensely, so we buy homes comparable to our salary. Luxury homes, next slide, extra money. Porsche, I just like Porsche, that's why I have up there. <laughs> next slide, if you have more money, invest it for the future. And next slide. Because we believe what the world is saying is this. And God spoke these words to his people before they went into the promised land. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 17 and 18. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. Your skill, your intelligence, your talent, all of that is from the Lord. Not from you, not from me. And my wife was a pharmacist for 10 years. I was an electrical engineer for 10 years. And that's the voice of the world. You deserve it. You deserve an upgrade in a car, in a home, because you've done it. And this scripture passage says, no, it's not you, it's, it's God. And so next slide. And you know, right now it seems like because of COVID, I know many things have shut down, but we've noticed in, in our friends, even at church, we, they would miss Sunday worship services because they were busy taking their kids to away games, tournaments whether it's soccer, lacrosse, volleyball, gymnastics, and even Christians were doing that. And the influence of the world was coming into the church. And next slide. And we have a severe warning from the book of Hebrews where it says, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. And the caution is, even for the Christians, not to forget the words of our Lord Jesus Christ because we will start drifting away and we don't even know it. And so this morning I propose to you that following Jesus is not like living by the tranquil pond or lake, but it's jumping into a a wild river 
And um, if you have your Bibles, Ezekiel 47, but I will also have this up on the screen. So I'm going to ask my wife to read this for us, and then she's going to pray for our message. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from the threshold of the temple toward the east. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah Dead Sea, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the source of the living water. Yes, God. Lord, you are the one who quench our thirst. And those who believe in you, Lord, out of their belly flow out the living water. The springs of living water will flow out of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for choosing every one of us to be that channel of the living water. Thank you, Lord. Out of your temple flows the, the mighty water, the river, that when anything is touched by it, when it touches, Lord, even the dead things will come alive. So, Father, we thank you for the nations that are brought to us. Yes, They're dead Lord, they are dry bones. They are just twigs that are left on the ground. But Lord Jesus, may your living water be us. Lord, as we touch them, as we approach them, as we give them a fresh living water of our Lord Jesus Christ and the bread of life, Jesus Christ, and show them the light of Jesus, Lord, through your kindness, Heavenly Father, may they come to life. Lord, may there be resurrections happening all around us. Yes, God. Thank you, Father. We, we commit this time to you. We commit Pastor James as he's preaching your word, that you anoint him mightily, and may our hearts be not only convicted, but moved to obedience. Unleash us, Lord, to the nations and, and revive the nations that are dying. Yes, In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 And so, you know, this passage, if you're familiar with Ezekiel, he was both a prophet and a priest serving the Lord in exile. So this, what we just read was a vision from the Lord. It never really happened. He, he didn't visit the Jerusalem temple, but he had a vision of the actual, the, the temple of God um, in heaven. And so this is a vision that Ezekiel receives. And I want to make three simple points and then ex 
kind of expound practically what that looks like. So uh, next slide. So the first point is, oh, here's a picture of the Dead Sea, which if you haven't been there, nothing living there, uh, only I think bacteria, some smaller organisms, but no fish, no green life, no vegetation, because it's so salty. Everything is dead. And this passage says, when the river of life reaches there, it brings things to life. There'll be trees, there'll be fish, and so on. Next slide. And so following Jesus is not like living next to a pond, but it's going into the river of life deeper and deeper. And the first point is this. As we are following Jesus, it's up to you, but you can stay in the shallow place the rest of your life, ankle deep. And what does that look like? It means you come to church, maybe you join Sunday school, for the 40 years, 50 years, maybe give God $20 every Sunday, but that's it. You don't want to go any, any deeper. And it doesn't mean you lose salvation. You'll still go to heaven, but you will not see amazing things that God will do through you and in you as you go deeper into the river of life following Jesus. And in John 6, 6 66, we get a picture of this when Jesus starts preaching a really difficult passage a teach a lesson about following him and eating his flesh and drinking his blood, which means they have to come to faith in him. They could not receive that. So many turn back because of that. Next slide. But the deeper you go into the river of life following Jesus, the less control you have. And if you know, if you have swam in rivers where there's rushing water, the deeper you go, you've, you're swept along. You have no control. You're barely surviving. And the less control you have, but the more control you're giving to the Lord Jesus. And I believe that's what he meant in Luke chapter 9, 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And the cross is a place of death. It's a place of execution. You're putting to death your rights putting to death your dreams, any relationship that gets in the way of following Jesus, even grandsons, and just leave them up to Jesus and you follow Jesus even deeper. Next slide. But wherever the river takes you, life happens. I'm not just talking about you know, economically prospering, but people who are so spiritually dead, Muslims come to Christ, Hindus comes to, comes to Christ. You know, atheists, even people who are struggling even right now with gender issues, transgender, they will come to Christ. And John 10.10 says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so Jesus comes to bring his life into this world through us. Next slide. So I want to go in uh, step by step. It says ankle deep. A thousand cubits is about 500 meters. So Ezekiel follows this man and goes in ankle deep. Next slide. And what this looks like when you come to Christ, you join a church, you start having daily devotions, join a small group, beginning to, you begin to read portion of the Bible each day for quiet time. Next slide. Um, in terms of giving, so I'm going to focus on knowing God's word or knowing, pursuing God a relationship with God, giving, and then also outreach. So those three main areas. 
Leviticus, Leviticus 27.30, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or from fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are born again, you, be, you need to be tithing. And only a guest preacher can say this. I think if, if the lead pastor preaches this, they'll say, you know, you're just calling for money. So I, disclaimer, I'm not on staff here, so I can preach whatever I want about giving because it's all coming from scripture and you do need to hear this. If you're ankle deep in the water of following Jesus, you need to be tithing. Anything less, I think you're still on the shore. Next slide. And then grow God's heart for the world. So there is a great uh, missions conference coming up at the end of this year in a few months, Cross for the Nations. It will probably be in person and online, so you can Google that. Uh, look for that website. Next slide. The following year will be Urbana Missions Conference, where about 20,000 college students, most of them, but I think young and old are welcome. And there will be in Indianapolis. Next slide. The ministry we're with, with called, it's called Crescent Project. We have an uh, online conference coming up in, in the fall. It's free where you can learn how to reach out to Muslims because they are coming. You know, the, God opening up this nation to Afghan refugees to come, who knows, thousands may come and even settle down near here. It is because he wants them to hear the good news through you. You can no longer shut your eyes and say, oh, we, we don't care about Muslims or Hindus. It is God bringing them here. And it, they may be your coworkers, fellow cl- classmates. And Jesus wants you to share the good news with them. So learn how to do that. Next slide. So just a quick example. I may have shared this before, but Miriam was from Sierra Leone. We met her at a friend's birthday party about 80 years ago, right there in Fairfax, Virginia. And she proudly said to us, I have been to Mecca 11 times. And when I heard that, and she said that proudly because to go from Sierra Leone, a poor country, to Mecca 11 times means she is a woman of wealth and means. So when she said that, I said in my heart, then you didn't find what you're looking for. Because as a Muslim, they're supposed to find the peace of God going on their holy pilgrimage, and she didn't find it. So she went there 10 more times. So I asked her to sit next to us and share this brief story comparing Muhammad and Jesus without naming them, just basically comparing their teachings, including the time when you know, uh, there was a woman caught in adultery. And so in this one village, the men took this, uh, this woman who was pregnant, but she was not married, They took her to the first prophet and asked him, what should we do with her? And the first prophet says, this is a sin against God and against the people. You need to stone her. And as the men were about to stone her, one of them said, wait, there's a second prophet. If he says the same thing, we'll stone her. And the second prophet says to this, the crowd, if any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw the stone. And from the young, oldest to the youngest, all the men drop the stone and leave. And the second prophet says to the woman, neither do I condemn you. Sin no more. And he releases her. Anyway, there are two more stories. I'm sorry, I forgot to bring the pamphlet, but I'll send the PDF to uh, Pastor Greg. And after telling this story, I asked Miriam, which prophet would you follow? 
And without hesitation, she said, I would follow the second prophet, who is Jesus. And so Faith was right next to, to us. She shared the rest of the gospel story from the book of John. And this woman became a Christian in two hours, simply by telling a story. A next slide. And so I just want to encourage you, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, your job and my job is to lift Jesus higher than anything or anyone else. You know, Muslims venerate. They revere their prophet Muhammad, dead and buried in Medina. Our God, our Lord Jesus is alive and he's reigning in heaven. They don't compare. And when you engage in evangelism with people from other faith, even cults, always have this mind in your mind, Jesus is greater than anything or anyone that you're going to present to me. Holy Spirit, next slide, give me the wisdom to present Christ that way. And you have the Holy Spirit, they don't. You may not have a PhD in apologetics, but you have the Holy Spirit, which is so much better than PhD. And just rely on the Holy Spirit. Whether you're an old Baptist grandma or a young Pentecostal, whatever, you have the Holy Spirit. And this John 14, 26, that's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to remind us of everything that he has taught. So at the right time, we would say the right words and it would open the hearts of the lost souls. Next slide. Street evangelism, some of you, God has gifted you in that bold witness, praise God, whether it's in Baltimore or DC. I encourage you to do that. Next slide. Because you never know. Did you know that Pastor Lon Solomon of McLean Bible Church, he founded that church, probably the biggest church in DC area. He came to Christ through a street, street evangelist. And God may give you that opportunity and blessing as well. Next slide. Serving homeless meals, uh, meals at homeless shelters. God may open up your opportunities for you to do that as a family as well. Next slide. Now going in knee deep, you're beginning to feel the current. Next slide, you're giving up more and more of your life. Read through the Bible in one year, like this young man. He's committed, and I think it's KJV, so that's even higher level. <laughs> but reading through the Bible to know God more, Old Testament and New Testament, even the book of Leviticus. Huh? You know, and just trudging through that and saying, okay, what is God's heart for the people? Next slide. Fasting and prayer. And if you're not fasting and praying, I would encourage you to learn how to do that, especially when you face challenges. Next slide. So some of you know my history. My dad and mom, they were a pastor couple for over 40 years. That's my dad's 60th birthday. And, you know, they would fast and pray regularly. And I remember even my, after my father passed away at age 63, he, served, he had served Jesus 40 years, starting from North Korea all the way to uh, Virginia. Even after he passed away, my mother would time to time fast and pray three days for each of her children. What a committed grandma, you know, for us and for our children. That's what God is looking for. Next slide. Beyond tithing, Hebrews 13, 16, you know, to remember those, especially in the family of God, who are hurting and lacking. And they don't have to speak your language. I know you have connections with the Latino congregation. Perhaps to bless them. And Philippians 4, 16, where Paul says, For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid and again and again when I was in need. 
And so this means supporting missionaries. Next slide. You know, people who are going overseas on InterServe. I meant, I'm just mentioning a few that I, I know. Compassion, supporting, sponsoring a child. Campus Crusade. They do great ministry all over the world. Samaritan's Purse. They're right now being involved in Afghan refugee ministry. Next slide. So, and in terms of outreach ministry, I'm going to ask my wife, Faith, to come up. She has been the director of ESL ministry for the last eight years. And this is our last kind of official gathering before COVID hit. So this was in the December of 2019. Praise the Lord. Even during the past nine years, we have been doing ESL ministries. Um, the Lord has shown us 70 nations just right in Leesburg. So I can imagine how many more nations are gathered right here. Uh, what a joy to, uh, to gather the nations together. The Lord says in Isaiah 56 that when the nations come together, there will be a great joy. And my house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. Um, I am so grateful to hear that your ESL ministry right here at Grace Community Church has spurned into a church gathering right now. And Pastor, Gary, uh, Pastor Greg is now preaching there. And it's just um, such a wonderful fruit of God's people laboring together to be a blessing. Um, and so that as the Lord blessed Abraham, uh, God said, I will bless you. I will make you into a great nation. I will make your name great. Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse but you shall be a blessing to all the people on the face of the earth. And so um, we tried our best to say, God, where are some open doors during pandemic? And during the pandemic, of course, our ESL students uh, lost jobs and they were struggling even to find food. So we did food distribution during COVID and, um, and it was just outdoors, right where our ESL students are mostly um, living in a community called Heritage Square. And uh, we just had a worship, prayer, and then they would come up and receive bags of food. Um, and we just blessed them. We had a prayer ministry right um, just surrounding them and, and pray for each family as they go out. Um, and then the next one, yeah. Then through this food distribution, the, the ladies came up to me and said, could you begin an ESL class? We're struggling, and this is a great time to learn English. So then one of the ESL students, woman, right in that Heritage Square said, you can come to my house and start. So she opened up her home. She has four children, including a little infant girl about five months old, and yet she opened up her home. And so we have Afghan woman, people from, uh, ladies from Peru, Guatemala, Mexico, and um, our sister from, um, our African-American sister joined us uh, from Crescent Project as well. And then this also continued on. Someone asked, could you come to my house and start ES, uh, not only ESL class, but US citizenship class? So why not? In our backyard with our babies and children running around. And so we, we uh, began this US citizenship class for three ladies. And the result is that every one of them received their US citizenship within three, Next four slide. months. Yeah. And hallelujah. And they're so grateful 
so grateful. These ladies became my daughters. And then now this was just a recent uh, photo of all three of them finishing up the uh, citizenship class. And I had the privilege of also even driving um, the sisters to their uh, the testing centers in Fairfax and just waiting for them. And the Lord just blessed these relationships with just such a family that there's a bonding, there's understanding, there are, there are tears of, of joy and their laughters, but also sharing, uh, sharing hardships where they're, we're praying for one another. And there, I was sick the, uh, the other day, and these ladies laid their hands on me, and they're ministering to me. Mm. So and in this picture, it's, um, we're the only Asians, the rest are all from South America, Latin America. And the man in the back, Antonio, he's from El Salvador, their family, but he um, did a great barbecue and made chorizo. First time I got to taste it, it was really good. And so now we keep going back to whenever he's grilling. <laughs> but the, you know, this is God bringing the nations here Praise to really God. celebrate his creativity. And hmm. uh, next slide. And then the Lord also gave us opportunity. We have a swimming pool the Lord has given us. You heard a story of how God gave us a home through a brother and sister in Christ who had two homes. And they said, James and Faith, uh, you don't have a home? Come on over, stay here, and you can stay in our home until Jesus comes back. So that's where we are, and we have a pool that we opened it up for the ESL families during pandemic to come and just swim and have mm -hmm. a time of barbecue and, and let them just enjoy. Um, the children just laughter, and they are just saying, can we, when, are we, when are we going back again? Um, the, the Lord began that family ministry. And then the Lord has entrusted to us families from Afghanistan already through ESL ministry. There are already three, four families. And, and so this Afghan family from um, their Hazara people group, and uh, during pandemic, we would go into their homes and they would have us over for tea and, and food. And, and guess what? We would take our guitar, Pastor James would play guitar and sing songs in Tajik language is similar to Farsi, which is similar to Dari, their mother tongue. And so we opened up Dari Bible, English Bible, and we are reading scriptures with them, giving them hope. Like scriptures like, fear not, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And they loved it. They loved it when Jesus said, come ye unto me, all who are weary and heavy burden. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. For I'm humble in heart, you will find rest for your soul. Um, and, the, and, and they just received it and thank God. Next one, another Afghan family. Um, they're also Hazara people group. And uh, Soraya, Shavali, um, Sawa, and uh, uh, like Sinan and uh, Sana. There are three children. And just spending time with them. They open up their home. During pandemic, they're the ones who uh, made a whole spread for us. And with kebabs and, and, and the homemade bread and and the homemade yogurt and soup, and, and we just, just teared up. We got choked up because of their love and their hospitality. And this is their love language. And so as, as we went into their home, 
uh, one day, actually, uh, Soraya's mother had passed away from her sickness, and I was in the kitchen right there with her. And so the Lord gave us a, a, a divine moment to just hold her and give her that hug of a sister, mm-hmm. an older sister. Her must, mother was still in Afghanistan, so there was separation. And so she could not see her mom for past eight years. But as she was weeping, I was able to hold her. What a moment of, of just agape love showing onto her. And uh, she called me, you are my sister. And um, I was just there yesterday, spending time with her, um, with, with Soraya again, and reading um, the scriptures in Dari language. She loves it because she says, I am weeping. My heart is breaking for what's happening to my people in Afghanistan. And my sisters, my brothers, my uncles and aunts, they're all there. What shall we do? We're covered with shame. We're covered and filled with fear. And so opening up the Bible that to Jesus, what he said in John chapter 14, my peace I give unto you. My peace, not as the world gives. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. Trust in the Lord Jesus. And I was sharing this with her. Her heart began to soften. And also just Psalm 23 and reading uh, Psalm 91. She was reading it out loud in Dari, and her mother-in-law was nodding her head. And then I began to just share with her, Jesus loves you, Soraya. Trust in him. And that she also shared with me that her sister, who is now tormented by evil spirits, and uh, a sister who was being, having nightmares, just cried out, oh, help me, God. And then uh, someone dressed in white came in, stepped in, and then it all became quiet. And I said, that is Jesus. Soraya, cry out to him. Soraya, your sisters and your brothers who are tormented right now with fear and terror in Afghanistan, let them call out to the name of Jesus. And she nodded her head and said, thank you. Would you continue to pray for them that they are so close to coming to Jesus? Mm. Amen. Next slide. Next, let's skip that one because of time. Mm. So my wife and I had been also doing Bible studies at the local county jail. During COVID, it shut down. Just beginning of August, they opened up again. So we're thankful. Next slide. And if, even in jail, this young Somali Muslim man three years ago heard the voice of Jesus. He was a Muslim struggling with addiction. And one time after his prayer to, towards Mecca as a Muslim, he prayed, still frustrated. He was back in jail. He said, God, help me. And, and the Lord spoke to him and said, turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Audibly, he heard that right in, in jail of all places, right? And he comes to Christ. So now I'm connected with him. He's been released. He's in a rehab house, but he's growing in faith. And these are the things that are happening across this nation. And it's up to us, up to you to say, God, use me. How deep do you want me to go into the river of life? Next slide. And, you know, as you engage with Muslims in our ministry, they will say, oh, you believe in God of Abraham. We believe in God of Abraham. We believe in the same God. We do not believe in the same God. And here's one of the names of Allah in Surah 354 from the Quran. And it says, and they deceived and Allah deceived and Allah is the best of deceivers. So even though their word for God, Allah, is the same word that the Christians use, the God of the Bible and the God of the Quran are not the same. 
And Jesus in John chapter 8 says this, when he lies, meaning Satan, he speaks his native language for he's the liar and the father of lies. So in the Quran, it just directly relates their God to the enemy, to Satan. And that's why Muslims need to be rescued from the uh, from their religion, from their faith. And we'll, um, next slide. So we want to encourage you to read this book, Liberty to the Captives, because this is a, a great book on how to engage with people from Muslim background. And Faith's going to share story about yes this is an excellent book that captures the spirit of islam and um there's in the back of the book has prayers how to help the muslim background um, folks to come out of the darkness uh renouncing islam renouncing that the quran is uh uh, god's scripture renouncing shahada their um pillars that their covenants that they made with uh, allah um so one of the stories is that this, um, my white uh, Christian sister called me and said, wow, this, I've been befriending this Pakistani uh, woman in our neighborhood, in the playground with my little children um, playing together. I've been befriending the mom for about a year and she confessed to me, said, would you pray for me? Or do you, have no, do you know any Christians who can pray for me? I've been tormented by evil spirits for past 20 years and I have no sleep. So uh, we got together at a church, um, and um, first, for the first time, this Pakistani woman came into, stepped into a church. When we began to pray, she was agitated. She was really at unrest. But then as we offered her, would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and give Jesus the Lordship of your life? And then she began to, also, yes, she agreed. Yes, I want to do that. And then she renounced all the Islamic things, the covenants that she had made, the pillars, the shahada, and, and all the, um, the rituals. And, and she began to renounce them. And within three hours of this prayer, guess what? She was set free. And she said, oh, wow, never felt this light before. So we need to understand when the the Muslims are coming into this country, when Hindus are coming into this country, Buddhists are coming into this country, they're bringing in with them, it's a different spirits. Mm. It's a tormenting spirits. It's just our demonic spirits. And so they need not only the gift of salvation, and they need the, the gospel and to, to really give them a new life, but it's also the breaking of their old covenants with their idols. So... This was such a great example where she got set free. And that day, for the first time she went home, was able to sleep for 13 hours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And her uh, mom requested brother and sister to receive the prayers as well. Praise Amen. Okay. Thank you. Uh, next slide. So, you know, as you, in terms of missions, local outreach, we talked about ESL or prison ministry. Great opportunity to join even in person, this ultra marathon or something like that, that the church is opening the doors for. Next slide. Now you're going waist deep, less control over your life. Next slide. You may just, even if you're not going to be a pastor or missionary, you may engage in deeper, uh, greater Bible training, 
through, now they have online programs. Here are a couple of them. We went through Columbia International University in South Carolina. Next slide. Um, in terms of giving, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul talks about a church that gave beyond their means. Okay, next slide. And so if this is you, where whatever you do, God blesses you and you make tons of money. If that's you, then I have a message for you. Next slide. So John Wesley was not only a great preacher and revivalist, evangelist, he also was very generous in giving. Next slide. So if you look at his income, first year he was on public ministry. His income was 30 pounds. His expense was 28 pounds. So he gave two pounds left over. The next year he doubled to 60 pounds. Expense was 28 gave over 32 pounds. Many years later, his income, so the love offering that he received was 1,400 pounds. His expense went up to 30 pounds, I think, because of Starbucks. <laughs> and then he gave the rest to the Lord. Can you imagine that? And just because God has blessed you with a million dollars does not mean, oh, that's all for me. And you can choose to live at a $100,000 income level every year and give the rest to the Lord. Next slide. And in terms of outreach, I want to seriously encourage and challenge you, those of you who have professional jobs or business, about tent making. So tent making comes from Book of Acts where Apostle Paul and Aquila and Priscilla, they mended or made tents and wherever there was lack of income, they went back to their business, their work, and work to supply, sustain themselves wherever God sent them throughout the Mediterranean world. Next slide. So modern day tent makers, I kind of, um, I didn't, I, I, what did I do? I, I made their, I filtered their faces because of all the countries, I think China is very concerned about what's happening in their, in their nation. So these are two tent makers, both American-born Chinese. He, she, was on, uh, she was employed by Apple. He was with Eli Lilly, and they were in Shanghai for about five years working for their companies, but also opening opportunities, taking the opportunities to share the good news with people around them. Next slide. So in 2015, they invited us to come and speak at their house church. About 25 young leaders, next leaders of China had come to Christ through this young couple. And we were amazed that God had given this young couple and they laid five years of their, laid down five years of their life to pursue God's calling. And perhaps God is calling some of you to take your business, to take your career into those countries where it's closed for missionaries, but you can go in and see these kind of amazing fruit. Next slide. Now you're going in deep, deeper, so that you have to swim. Next slide. And that's kind of our journey. You know, we didn't know what was happening, where God would take us, but we were in Central Asia for 10 years. Next slide. And by God's grace, during that time, over 120 Muslims came to Christ. And if you are familiar with our story and or even read the book. I was arrested, interrogated by, the, interrogated by the KGB and we were thrown out of Uzbekistan. Next slide. But when we came back in 2010, the Lord 
and we didn't have a home. Next slide, as Faith shared, the Lord provided us with this home in Leesburg. Someone just gave that to us um, because they had a second home. Next slide. And that's very reflective of what happened in Acts chapter 4, where God's people, the saints, would give up their property for the use of God's kingdom, for the use of ministry. And perhaps, and that's that kind of the deeper into the river of life in terms of giving. Perhaps the Lord has blessed you so much that you have two or three properties and you see people who are in need, even within the body of Christ. Would you be willing to give that up for the sake of a fellow believer here, a missionary returning from furlough, or even an Afghan Christian family settling down here? Next slide. And Matthew 24, 14, I want to close with this passage. Can we read this with me? And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And this is what Jesus said. He said, this gospel will be preached in Afghanistan, in Syria, in North Korea, and then the end will come. And the word nations is not political nation, but it's people groups. And so he is also bringing people groups from the ends of the earth so that they may hear the good news before Jesus returns. Next slide. And with that, I want to share, close with this man, Bruce Hunt. He's the second author of a book called The Korean Pentecost. If you read that, you get a, a good understanding of what happened in Korea over the last 150 years. But this man discipled my father. And so he was in Korea when, before the Japanese came, and then when the Japanese came in 1910 to 1945, they occupied our nation, and they forbid speaking in Korean language. They pushed Shinto worship. So Shinto is their sun goddess, and they forced that upon our people. And because he refused to teach Shinto worship to his disciples, including my father, they put him in prison for four years. The Japanese did that to U.S. citizens. They could not kill him because they did not want to you know, create this uh, uproar in their relationship with America, but they put him in prison for four years, and he suffered in prison because he would not relent. And I am so grateful. Next slide. And this is uh, the last time they met together, right, in Philadelphia. My dad was a pastor, and he invited this, this man, this missionary. And that was the first time I heard him preach in Korean, and I was thinking, he speaks Korean better than me. And he loves kimchi. He, lo he loves Korean food better than me. He's more Korean than I am. And that's because he loved my people. And he became Korean to save my people. And that's the kind, and, but he was also willing to be in Japanese prison for the sake of my people, for the sake of purity of the gospel. And these are the kind of believers we need to raise up in our churches who will go to the ends of the earth, become like them, but not compromise in any way for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ and the purity of the gospel. And so next slide. So I want to end with this. How deep will you go into the river of life to follow Jesus? He's asking even this day, would you go in a step deeper? Because there's so much need across the world, even in Afghanistan. 
would you follow me wherever I send you? So I'm going to close us in prayer, and if the worship team can come up. And I want to thank you for the extra time this morning. But Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come before you. Thank you for this body of Christ, Grace Community Church. And God, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, even this morning as we were worshiping you. How great you are, Jesus. Let that not just stay on our lips, but let it be Uh, Let it be transferred to our hands, to our feet. Lord, that we would say yes to wherever you send us, whether it's right here across the street to people who look different from us, who, who speak a different language, who eat something different, something new. Or it could be across the world, to the mountains of Chile, Lord, who knows, to the mountains of Syria and even mountains of Afghanistan. God, um, may we be ready to say yes and go deeper into the river of life. So, Father, I want to bless this church and everyone who's here, all the families, especially the next generation, with so much turmoil in this country. Father, keep their minds and their hearts pure so that people like Bruce Hunt will come out of this church and be willing to suffer in prison for the sake of the purity of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.